0: the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hand and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciple told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger and the mark of the nails in my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have consumed enough true crime podcasts to have a new aspiration in life. One day, I hope that I can be called upon to be a witness. I think that's an amazing thing. I mean, talk about an important role to play in our judicial system in a courtroom the witness. Sometimes a case can hang in the balance, depending on the testimony of an individual. Maybe it'll it'll get someone off for a crime they didn't do, or maybe it'll help us to, to lock up the bad guy we never thought we would catch. Now, I don't know much about witnesses, but Wikipedia told me that there are three major kinds of witnesses out there. The first is a character witness which up until I began my research, I literally thought was you go in and play some sort of character or something, but that's not actually what it is. You actually witness to the character of the person standing on question, right? It's, it's their history, it's their personality, it's to sort of corroborate, are they who they represent themselves to be? The next type is the expert witness. The person with such knowledge in a particular place that they are called upon to bestow that knowledge onto the jury in the courtroom so that they can decide whether or not what they are hearing matches up with the larger professional consensus. And then that got me down this rabbit hole. How do you become an expert witness exactly? And what I realized is, well I'm not sure how you become one, I know where you can find them. The Prime Experts Group is a website where you can literally search for an expert witness to invite to your next courtroom party. Anything you need an expert for, you can find it here. You can get direct contact with them and invite them to your court date. What a sad world we live in. That then gets us into the eyewitness. The most common of all witnesses, the person who was there when it happened. Perhaps some would say, in the room where it happened, ooh, no, okay, no Hamilton today, that's fine, that's fine. And usually, the thing about these witnesses is it's what their experience was, it's what they saw. This is the person who is interviewed by Channel 7 after it all goes down, and in reality, it's most likely that if I'm ever going to become that aspiring witness I wanna be, it's gonna be as an eyewitness. But tragically, I would make a horrible, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast today and you're gonna expect me to testify to what I saw months if not years ago I think not Yes, that's how it goes Sometimes two people can witness to the same thing and have completely different experiences of that story Hence, we have four Gospels that all say that they are telling us the story of the life the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ And guess what? Not even they always agree on all the details and facts. Because as it turns out, there's no such thing as a perfect witness. However, during this extended season of Easter, each and every week is gonna be about the witness witness to the truth of the risen Lord, witness to the resurrection, witness to Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in our world even after Christ has long since died. And what we're gonna find out is that the witness comes from all different people in all different places and today it begins with a sermon, a sermon that Peter himself preaches to the crowd after the moment of Pentecost. In the book of Acts. You see, the Holy Spirit has come upon the people and they begin speaking in all these languages. And very quickly we have an explanation. The people are drunk. That's what's going on. So Peter stands up and says, I think not. I have witnessed what's happened. I know what's going on. And at the end of his sermon we heard, he says, and you too are all going to be witnesses of this risen Lord as well. We are witnesses to the risen Lord, but there's one little problem. That problem is like, I don't know, 2,000 years worth of time passing. How is it possible for us to witness to the risen Lord when we were born millennia after the event took place? And actually, as it turns out, we're not the first people to consider this challenge as people of faith. The very people who wrote these accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all saw the same problem we see. And so from time to time, they took it upon themselves to remind us that their witness is to be trustworthy and true. Take, for example, the disclaimer that John's gospel gives us. Over and over, actually, John's gospel will do this. He'll he'll tell us something and then tell us why it's trustworthy. Good Friday, for example, Jesus is hanging from the cross. His side is pierced with a spear and outpours water and blood. And in that moment, there's a parenthetical aside that says, he who saw this has testified so that you may believe his testimony is true. And he knows he tells the truth. John gives us a character witness to the person who witnessed. John tells us this is an expert witness, and we can believe him because he's trustworthy and true. One of the problems I have as a pastor is that people instantly want to make me the expert witness when it comes to matters of faith. All right, you've got that fancy degree. You've mastered the divine or whatever it says on it. Clearly, you can answer all of my questions, and I will tell you this, people have a lot of questions when it comes to their faith. And the experience I've had is that they need these questions answered in order to hold that faith, which I think maybe is a little much. But it doesn't stop people from coming to me and saying things like, uh, how is it possible for a person to live inside of a giant fish without, you know, dying for three days? Right, Pastor? Come on, can you explain that one to me? Or, hey, can you tell me how is Jesus really present in the bread and the wine? I mean, I know it's a mystery of faith and it has been for thousands of years and Jesus never explains it, but Pastor Zach, could you explain it for me? I just need to know, right? Or how did the virgin birth come about? Look guys, Sunday school is not the time to piece that one out, right? We're not doing that today. Or, or my, my all-time favorite is, why do bad things happen to good people? Look. If I had the answer, I would have written a book. And if I would have written the book, we wouldn't be talking right now. So that's how this works, right? This is this place though. People want me to be this expert witness, but the reality is I, like you, am a questioning believer. I'm a questioning believer. I have the same questions you have. I dwell in the same mysteries of faith that you dwell in. Every week, We profess our faith in the words of one of the creeds. Last week in our celebration of Easter, it was the Nicene Creed. This week in the celebration of the second week of Easter, it's the Apostles' Creed. Regardless, they all start the same way. I believe or we believe. And even when I say that I believe or we believe, there are things I still struggle with. There are still questions that linger. Do I believe in God, the Father almighty, creator of heaven and earth? absolutely. You know what I'd like to know? How did God create everything? Because all I hear is scientists trying to figure that out. And I'd like to give them the answer, right? Or I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, who's going to come and judge the living and the dead. I'd like to know when that's going to happen so I can ask for forgiveness right beforehand, You know, these are things that I think about. I I need this information. Or, Or what about the power of the Holy Spirit? Of course I believe in the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, I'd really like to know, is the Spirit really capable of forgiving even me? Even all my sins? Like forever without question? I struggle with these things too. But when it comes to our faith, we don't need to necessarily have all the answers to be able to witness and to believe in God, to be able to share our belief of God with others. Because that's sort of the conundrum today, right? Eyewitnesses. What about all those eyewitnesses who had the luxury of seeing the resurrected Lord in front of them, who have died long, long time ago? Well. Our gospel writer sees the problem. And so the gospel writer blesses us and says, blessed are they who didn't see the resurrected Lord and yet believe, which is kind of a good tactic. If you know your entire audience is going to fall into that camp, you might as well bless them and tell them they're special for it. Pretty good writing, John. And it works. We're all blessed. Even if we weren't there to see the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, we've been blessed and have been told we can come to genuine faith nonetheless. I may not have seen the resurrection happen, but I witness to the power of the resurrection all the time. I see the power of the resurrection at work in a community of faithful people who gather together as questioning believers to profess their one faith in the true God who gather over meals, who gather over worship, who gather in service to others. I see the power of the resurrection at work here. I've seen the power of forgiveness that comes with the resurrection. Peter talked about that today in his sermon, the power to be able to forgive or retain sins. I've seen that relief that washes over us when we are forgiven or forgive. I've seen the power of inclusivity in a community. I have seen the power of loving affirmation of individuals within a community. Not just tolerance of who people are, but genuine affirmation of who God made them to be. Every eyewitness in John's gospel gives the same response. It's like the first time in history where everyone agrees when they see the Lord, they say the same thing. I have seen the risen Lord and I too have seen the power of the risen Lord here active in our community, which gets us then to poor Thomas. This Sunday, second Sunday of Easter, we all become character witnesses in the story. We put Thomas on trial. You know what we call him? Doubting Thomas, right? we we put him on the stand and we become character witnesses and we say, ah, Thomas doesn't get it, he's a doubter. I would say nothing could be further from the truth. I think that if we really take a moment to see who Thomas is and to listen to his witness, we'll actually see that he's perhaps one of the most faithful disciples there is. And it dates back even before this experience of the resurrection today. See, a few weeks ago, we heard the story of Lazarus dying, the dear friend of Jesus dying. And Jesus, eh, dragged his feet a little bit, we'll say. But when Jesus decided two days later to go and to check in on the now dead Lazarus, he said, I'm going to go to Bethany. And you know what his disciples said? Don't do it, man. Why? Because the last time he was in Bethany, they were nearly stoned to death so all the disciples say, Jesus, not a good idea, dude. He's already dead. Let's just let the dead be dead. You know, Jesus ain't going to do that. So what happens? Thomas steps up and says, let's go with him, even if I die with Jesus. If that is not a person who believes, if that is not a person with faith, if that is not a person with trust, I did know one. Same is true for today. We, we are these character witnesses for Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas, but truthfully, Thomas just wanted to have the same experience that all the other disciples already had, an experience of the risen and resurrected Lord standing before him. He wanted to encounter the risen Lord as the other disciples themselves had already done. And then Thomas, unlike anyone else, doesn't just say, I've seen the risen Lord, but instead, he says something even more profound, a declaration of faith, my Lord and my God. He affirms his belief in Christ as his Lord. He affirms his belief that Jesus is indeed God. We may not have been alive to witness to the moment of the physical resurrection, And yet, we are called to witness to the power of that same resurrection each and every day as people of faith. Sometimes we're called upon to be expert witnesses, sometimes eyewitnesses, and sometimes even character witnesses. Regardless of how you witness, I assure you that you do. You witness to the power of the resurrection active in the spirit of this community. You witness to the power of the resurrection and the spirit of loving service to others who are in need. You witness to the power of the resurrection, both in the joys of celebration, but also in the heartache of loss. You witness to the power of that resurrection in the bread and the wine that we share. Because look, no witness is perfect. Only Christ is. But because we follow Christ, we are made perfect in and through Him. So let's go. Let's witness. Let's share the good news of the resurrection with the world that all may come to see its power at work in and through us. Thanks be to God for that opportunity to finally, Be a witness. Amen.